Man, you guys done? You want to do our, that was an encore. No, um, that's, um, you know, I just don't think Tom Petty probably realized when he wrote that that Renaissance Church uh, would be playing that uh, before the message. But um, that's a great song, great lyric to what we're talking about tonight, or uh, this morning. Um, this whole thing of backing down. I call it a righteous tension. And I, I love the fact that um, Steve had that clip of... Um, Jesus, what we call cleansing the temple there while that part of that song was going on because that's another example. Our theme, uh, for those of you who don't know, our, our series that we're in, 10-week series, tackling some of the tough issues that we would rather avoid or things that make the church cringe. And our theme this morning is really, do I have to be a wimp to be a Christian? And, and, and that sounds kind of like almost a moot point, but it's really not. Because we're going to read some verses here in just a moment, and I'm going to show you another clip in just a moment that I think kind of epitomizes what we're talking about here. And we're talking about backing down, and we're talking about, then we're going to look in a moment at the passage in the Gospels that talks about turning the other cheek that you've maybe heard, or at least heard a portion of, or at least that phrase of. And um, there's an old song that um, I didn't think probably would really fit in, but it's kind of, it's, it's a Kenny Rogers song. You've got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them, know when to walk away, and know when to run. And um, there's a lot of wisdom in that. And and, in a sense, those of us who have chosen to follow Christ also have to make some decisions sometimes. Not so much as to know when to fold them and know when to hold them. But sometimes we have to have this righteous tension going on. Do I fight back? Most of the time, for us, that might be verbal. In some cases, it might be in business, in some cases it might be something else. Certainly, the song that uh, that, the, that the group sang and that, that Jimmy did, uh, "I won't back down." Obviously, is it, it's a figurative thing. It could be a literal thing. There's a movie out a few years ago, and I want to show you just a little bit of it. Its movie was called "We Were Soldiers Once," or "When We Were Soldiers." It comes, it comes from a book by Colonel Hal Moore. "We Were Soldiers Once and Young." It's uh, basically about the Battle of Ayadrang Valley in uh, November of 1965. One of the uh, military historians tell us one of the key early battles of the Vietnam conflict. And uh, very near and dear to mo- many of us who lived through that time, which I realize is a minority in this group, which is disturbing, but anyway. Um, 1965 was this, this huge battle, and this, movie was, this book was put into a movie, and... and uh, we're going to see just a little bit about it. Um, Mel Gibson plays Colonel Hal Moore. And, and granted, now we're talking about war. And I'm just, I'm going to do that to kind of show you this, what I call this righteous tension that can go on. Just a word of warning here. A couple of things here, a word or two that I, I wish weren't here and that I wouldn't use and I'm not suggesting you use, but it captures the honesty and, uh, and, and, and just what's going on here. What's happening in this particular time, um, Colonel Moore, Mel Gibson, has told his troops, we're going to be going to Vietnam, a place in Southeast Asia, which is kind of new to them at this point in time, 1965. He's telling them that, and, and in the process, one of his lieutenant's wife just had a baby. And this is all taking place shortly before they are to ship out for this, uh, for this what's going to be a, a pretty nasty battle. That's what's going on when we kind of come in and watch this. So watch this just for a minute. I mean, that's, again, I apologize for the language, but gosh, that is such an honest, not only prayer, but an honest thing in this whole conflict. 
want to do what's right, but, but God help me to know what's right. And, and this is, I want to just jump into this because I'm just going to talk about principles of strength, selflessness, and servitude. And I, and I want you to think about this and just kind of follow along with me. I'm going to just get you through two movements of thought today, this morning. And um, very simple, I'm going to repeat them a couple of times to try to make the point. The first one is this. Have a selfless attitude. Have a selfless attitude. I want to jump right into the passage I, meant, I, I sort of alluded to earlier. Matthew chapter 5, verse 38. You have heard that the law of Moses says, if an eye is injured, injure the eye of the person who did it. If a tooth gets knocked out, knock out the tooth of the person who did it. But I say, don't resist an evil person. Let me just interrupt. This is one of the passages of Scripture that those who would be, we would call pacifists, conscientious objectors in the military. I had a teacher uh, in college who I loved, New Testament teacher, and this was one of the passages that he would cling to, and, and he was a non-resistance guy. Uh, he didn't believe in resistance um, in, in any form. It, I don't ascribe to, that, ascribe to that myself, but this is the passage that, that they're trying to deal with honestly. So keep that in mind. Verse 39, I say, don't resist an evil person. If you are slapped on the right cheek, turn the other too. If you are ordered to court and your shirt is taken from you, give your coat too. If a soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile, which they could do at this time in history, he says, go an extra, carry it two miles. Give to those who ask. And don't turn away from those who want to borrow. What are we going to do with that? I mean, do we take that? And, and obviously, we aren't in too many situations in our sophisticated, civilized society where people literally slap us. But in many ways, it happens verbally. In some cases, some of you in business have things like that happen to you where somebody just really if not literally, figuratively, just really smacks you upside the head. And you're like, what am I going to do? How am I going to get back? Should I get back? Do I take these words absolutely literally to the point, if I, they want my shirt, I give them my coat too? Some people would go bankrupt if they took that literally. Do they go bankrupt and just say, okay, that's what God wants me to do? Um, there's another verse I want you to look at. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21. Further... You will submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Just a side note to this passage, and we'll talk about the whole passage another time in Ephesians. It's a great passage. The next verse goes into what wives should do for husbands and what husbands should do for wives. It says, wives, submit to your husbands. Husbands, love your wives. Too many times I've been in pastoral counseling situations where a a husband is saying, well, she's got to submit to me. Get it? I'm watching football. She needs to bring me beer and pretzels. That's it. Um, that's a bit of an exaggeration, but not totally. Uh, with, with it. But, uh, and I always point out this verse to husbands like that. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. It kind of goes both ways. Sorry, guys, but it's there. I mean, it's right there, right before the other stuff. This is talking about how we live. How we, so, it, it, you know, kind of putting that up against the last passage... What are we saying here? We're getting the idea, well, we, we're just kind of, you know, meek and mild. Lower we. Well, let me show you. i got another one for you, too. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. Don't be selfish. Don't live to make a good impression on others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourself. Don't think only about your own affairs, but be interested in others, too, that we, and what they are doing. Your attitude should be the same 
that Christ Jesus had. Now, let's try to draw some stuff here together. What is he saying here? I mean, do we take all these verses and we have no opinion of our own? We never, we never fight back. We never show any resistance. We never, uh, to use a crude phrase, I'm sorry, but it's the only way I got it. We, we never have any guts about something. You know, is, that what, is that what Jesus is teaching here? No, he's not. He's, talk, he's exactly what we have at the top. He says, have a selfless attitude. That's what he's saying. I want to elucidate just for a moment and just get you to think with me. Here's how that selfless attitude looks. I want to go through just a bunch of things very quickly here just to kind of make you, get you to think with me. I don't have to have my way. It doesn't have to be my way. Um, I don't have to strike back. For some of us, that might mean talk back. For some of us, that might mean I may have to just bite my tongue. So many times, I mean, you know, Proverbs, uh, Proverbs tells us in, in chapter 15, a, a, a harsh word stirs up anger. So many times, conflicts could have been avoided if I hadn't uttered that one sentence in response to what just happened between me and my wife or my husband or my coworker or whoever it happens to be. If I just would button it up, you know, that's part of it. I don't have to strike back. I'll show you another one. I don't have to get even. That's pretty self-explanatory of what we've been talking about. I don't have to make, this is a tough one for some of us, I don't have to make my feelings or opinion known. You know? And we can use the, the old good excuse. I love, one of the reasons I love New Jersey is because I can make my opinion known and say, hey, I'm in New Jersey, I can say whatever I want to say, you know? Well, that's not going to really cut it, wherever you live. Sometimes... We don't let our opinions be known. Don't have to do that. Sometimes that's hard to do. That's, keep in mind. Hang on to those. He said, I never do that. Just hang on to that thought. We're going to come back to it. And um, i got one or two other things, I think. I don't always have to have, I don't always have to get the last word in. All right? I don't always have to have the last word about a matter. Some people live like that. Some Unfortunately, some marriages are like that, and, and uh, that's not a good thing. Let me go into some of the musts here. What must I do? I must be willing to be wronged. That's hard. I'm, that's part of that whole selfless attitude. I must be willing to be wrong. Do I like it? No. But it's going to happen. I must be willing to be misunderstood without straightening out the offending infidel. Okay? You caught my drift there. Not literally an infidel, but, uh, but I, I, I must be willing to be wrong without having to straighten this guy out. What if the opportunity presents itself? You know what? There might be a time for that. We're going to talk more about that in a second when we get to the second movement of thought here. But I, don't always, I, I must be willing to be misunderstood. I must be willing to be right. Sometimes when no one else knows it. Isn't that, has that ever happened to you? I hate that. When I'm right, I know I'm right. I even go pray about it. God knows I'm right. And, and then nobody else knows it. And I want to go take an ad out in the paper. Hey, Rich was right. <laughs> Chapter and verse. You know, you want to do whatever. Sometimes, you know what, you can't do that. It's not very often, by the way, that happens with me. But every now and then it does. I must be willing to be right. 
right, uh, another one. I must always seek to be gracious no matter who I'm dealing with. I must always seek to be gracious no matter what's going on, no matter what's being said, no matter how it's being said to me. We automatically think, one of the tests for me on this one sometimes is, um, I may, there's an old saying, you, you quit preaching and go on to meddling. I don't know if you've ever heard that or not. This may meddle with you a little bit. Sometimes this happens to me when we have one of those telemarketer people, you know. Sometimes I forget, you know what, there, you know, I, I want to go, what do you want? I'm busy, you know, leave me alone, bye, boom. You know what, you got to be gracious too. You see, that's not right. Hey, we're not talking about that. I'm not saying you got to talk to them, I'm not saying you got to buy anything. But whatever you say needs to be gracious, just a little thing. For you, it might be somewhere else. It might be when you're patient with a service person or or co-worker or family member or whatever. I must always seek to be gracious no matter who I'm dealing with. That's just sort of a long explanation of this whole selfless attitude. What Christ is getting at, what Jesus is teaching us in Matthew, what Paul is talking about in Ephesians and in Philippians, he said, I don't want you having a selfish, a selfish, self-absorbed, me first, me being justified kind of attitude. That's what he's saying. Now, that's, that goes against, in certain situations, sometimes I'm great with that, but in certain situations, that goes against everything within you and me because we want to justify ourselves. We want to get our two cents in. We want to tell these people what idiots they are. We want to do something else. And Jesus is saying, no. In that situation, turn the other cheek. Go the extra mile. Do it. Can I always do that? Well, under the right power and under the right authority that I can, which we'll talk about. Let me show you the second movement of thought. First one is have a selfless attitude. The second thing is this. Remember this. God always honors strength. Okay? God always honors strength. In men, in women, young people, whoever the, whatever the situation, the right kind of strength. And let me show you, um, I have several verses for you. I could have a lot more, but I'm just going to show you a few. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, Be on guard, stand true to what you believe, be courageous, be strong. And everything you must, everything must be done with love. Next one, I'm going to go through these real quickly here. I want you to see all these. Timothy, my dear son, be strong with special favor God gives you in Christ Jesus. Second Timothy. All right. Ephesians, final word, be strong with the Lord's almighty power. Um, I mean, I got Joshua. Yeah. Oh, this is a great one. Be strong and courageous for you will. He's talking to Joshua here. I think it can apply for all of us. It's in the Bible. Uh, be strong, verse 7, be strong and very courageous, says it twice. Obey all, all the laws that Moses gave you, he says to Joshua. Don't turn away from them. Goes on, goes on, verse 9, I command you, be strong and courageous. Three times. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Let me tell you this. Over 36 times in the Bible, we have this phrase, be strong. Be strong, which tells me something. God wants us to be strong. Now, let's kind of put that up against that previous truth that we've seen, which is have an attitude of selflessness. 
Let's see if we can kind of interpret strength with an attitude of selflessness, whether it be in my family, whether it be in business, whether it be with wherever I happen to be. And I want to just go through some of these things with you and get you to think about this. Um, some of the wrong views of strength, all right? We'll just, there's just a, three things here real quick. Let me just show them to you. The first, we, we, we sometimes think that the person who boasts maybe in subtle ways, here's what I did and here's what I didn't, you know, the boastful person sometimes we think is, that's the person who's really strong. That's not, we know the Bible as well as life tells us we don't, we don't boast. We don't brag. Another really threatening is always a, always kind of a key thing we think for those who are strong. Well, we got to threaten them. We'll tell them if they don't do this, we're going to do this and do this and do this. One of the things I've learned in life is the strongest people that I've ever known, emotionally and spiritually and in every other way, are people who don't have to threaten. You know, if you want to take it to the physical sense, when you're looking at some guy who's tall and big and strong and weightlifter and bench presses 300 pounds, he doesn't have to say much, does he? He doesn't have to throw out intimidation. You're pretty much already intimidated. That's true with your strength, no matter how you look. If you're strong in, in your faith, if you're strong in your beliefs, if you're strong emotionally, you don't have to utter things of you know threats. Sometimes we do that with kids. It's a terrible way to raise kids. If you think, well, I'm going to threaten them with this. Don't, don't threaten your kids. You lay down consequences, but you don't threaten them. That doesn't help anybody. Um, a third thing, um, intimidation. That's always a big one, isn't it? I think, well, I started to say, uh, men have a bigger problem with this than women. That's not always the case. I think we all do. If we have a bent toward intimidation, we want to try to intimidate people sometimes with our words, sometimes with our education, sometimes with our size, sometimes with our resume, uh, whatever it is. We don't, you don't need that. That's not strength. Another one, I, I think I have one more here. Defense, defensive arguing. It's a wrong, you know, that I'm always defensive. I've got to argue against this. You don't have to do that. The strong people don't have to do that. Um, let me jump to the positive stuff. Right views of strength. Here they are, real quick. Real simple. Real right view of strength is there's a quiet power, a quiet authority. That I have the confidence, that I have the strength, that I have the, the, the of knowing I'm right from, from God's perspective. I'm right from whatever the perspective that I might be. You don't have to be noisy about that. Sometimes he who, is, he who is noisiest is the wrongest, if you catch the poor English but understand the point. Quiet power and authority. I think Jesus was a classic example of it. He was God. I was reading through, again, uh, the, the harmony of the Gospels, which is they, the, the Gospels you know, are not always in chronological order. And there's some, several books where you a harmony of the Gospels, and it just... It just kind of edits it for you, so it gives you the verses as it happened in the life of Jesus. And I like doing that particularly in light of the passion, the movie, so you can reinforce in your mind what happened when. Boom, boom, boom. Because if you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it's, it's, they all had a little different, not different, but some had more, some had less about a particular thing. So I was reading through the harmony of the Gospels, and I, and I, I thought about that with Jesus and how uh, that one, there used to be an old song. I just thought about this. There used to be an old song, and, and you probably never heard of it, but when I was a kid, there used to be a song called, He Could Have Called 10,000 Angels. And it's speaking of Christ and on the cross and how he could have called 10,000 I forgot that was in the Bible. I'd forgotten, and I was reading through the...
I mean, the Gospels. And, and, and one of the passages, and I can't remember whether it's Matthew or John, but it, one, of those, one of those passages was talking about that, and it said in the Bible that he could have called legions of angels. And I think about that as I watch the Passion, and I watch it again this afternoon, how the calmness and the strength, and Jesus is before Caiaphas, and he's before uh, Pilate, and all these other guys, and, and yet there's that quiet strength of, I could end this all right now. I could stop this right now. Toom. You know? That's, that's power. That's, that's love. And by the way, that's selfless. That's given us the ultimate example from Philippians chapter 2. Have the attitude that Christ Jesus had who went to the cross for us. That's quiet power and authority for you and I. We don't have to be, you know, we have to be braggarts. We don't have to intimidate. We don't have to try to strike fear with our voice or our size or our presence or our threats or anything else. We carry with us the power of God in our lives, and we can carry ourselves in that direction and with that direction. Quiet power and authority. Let me show you another one. A controlled response. A controlled response. Um, So many times, for most of us, the problems we get into the most trouble is when our responses aren't controlled, but they're off the cuff. They're out of emotions, they're out of hurt, they're out of fear, they're out of something else. And he's saying, i got a better way for you. I want you to be selfless. Part of that selfless and part of that strength is you have a controlled response. I mentioned earlier the, the, the proverb that I like so much, and that is um, in Proverbs 15 where he talks about the fact that be slow to anger, you know. Ponder how to answer. The heart of the righteous, he says. The heart of the righteous ponders how to answer. Ah. Then he says, the mouth of the fool gushes evil. I like that in one translation because it's so descriptive. The mouth of the fool gushes evil. That doesn't sound very good, does it? It's not very good either. Third thing. Um, unused power and control. Unused power and control. Those who are the most powerful, those who are the most controlled... Um, that's the right view of strength. I don't have to use the power that I have in a, whatever the situation might be. So the point is this. Don't miss it. Number one, have a selfless attitude. Number two, remember God always honors strength. There's a, there's a dichotomy there. There's a dichotomy. You say, well, how do I know when to do what to do? You know what? If you're, if you're focused on what God wants you to be and you have a relationship with God, I believe the Lord will give you that ability, will give you the discernment, the wisdom for that particular moment, at that particular time, particularly if you're asking for it. We know, for instance, in the book of James, he says, if you need wisdom, ask for it. I mean, that's true for all of us. Um, that's what it means to have strength. Now, let me just kind of put all this together. I call it with... Um, Food for thought. Let me give you some takeout food here, okay? Some takeout food to take with you. Um, just, I'm going to kind of wrap all these things together and just put three, three statements here for you just to get you to think along these lines with me. And This can't be worked out in 30 minutes, folks. This can't be worked out in one day in your own life. You, you think through this. Pray through this. Ask God to give you wisdom through this. And particularly as it applies to you, with you, it may be a direct application in your family life with a very difficult sibling or, 
or relative or parent or kid. And you're trying to figure out how, to, how do I balance this selflessness and strength, you know? Or it might be someone you're dealing with in business, your business situation. Well, you've got, you know, you're being threatened and you're being challenged. And when do I come out with my guns ablazing and saying, sucker, you're going down. And pray a heathen prayer for him like Mel Gibson did there a moment ago. You know, how do I balance all that? So this is what I'm going to give you some things to some takeout food for thought here. Take it with you. Think through it. The first one is this. Um, Live and teach the balance of strength and selflessness. It's a fine line there. Live and teach that. Live it and teach that. Again, you can't work out every detail. Boom, 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 boom. There's not a formula. I wish there was. In this situation, you fight back. In this situation, you don't fight back. This is really tough with kids, by the way. Many of us, and I remember the first time my son came home, our oldest, and I remember when he came home and said, Dad, there's this guy around the block that just keeps hitting me and keeps picking on me. What am I supposed to do? Because I was a minister at the time, and I'd Preach, love your neighbor, and you know, and so forth and so forth. What do I do, Dad? What do you do, Dads? What do you tell them? I went. I won't give you the whole answer, but I'll give it to you part in part. I said, you know, son, we don't strike people, we don't hit people, we don't do that. But if he does it again, paste him one. Okay? <laughs> you don't have to agree with my advice that I gave to my son. Okay? <laughs> he did, and the kid never bothered him again. You know, same old story. You know, and I tried, you know, how did I, how, I tell you what, when you're trying to explain that to an eight-year-old, that's really tough. It's hard when you're 50 to understand it. But, I mean, there's, there's a line there. Am I going to be a doormat? My subtitle of this is Doormats Don't Win on Wall Street. They don't. So that's why I believe Jesus is after the attitude. Is there a time to fight? Yeah, there is. Is there a time to respond? Yes, there is. Can I give you the formula for that? I wish I could. But that is why you are to have a relationship with God. Because I believe he'll give you that kind of wisdom in those kinds of situations. And by the way, the balance here is real simple. And this is why it's so important with kids. I had the same thing with Stephanie. You know, Stephanie was never, never got in fights or anything in school, that I know of at least. But uh, she did. I remember when she came back one time, she played volleyball. And she said, Dad, you know, I'm, she, was one of the big, she was one of the biggest girls in the, under the hoop. And she says, you know, what do I do? They're just beating, and they were. Women's basketball is the roughest basketball I've ever seen in my life. They just, I mean, if they called every foul, you'd be there for four days. But it, it's, it, it's, and she said, what do I do? I said, hey, you know, that's why God gave you elbows. And, um, and so, and you can quote that, coach, either one of you, okay? Um, what do you do? So how do you, you know, this is a, this is a tough issue. It really is. Because on the, with kids particularly, here's what you've got to deal with. If you teach it too strong, you end up with a bully. If you don't teach it all, you end up with a wimp. So you've got you to get that, you got to get right down the middle there. It's, it's a tough issue. I'm not going to tell you that it's not. Um, so, you know, proper balance for you, proper balance for those that you teach by your example. By your example. Live and teach the balance of strength and selflessness. Second little takeout food here for you. Be deliberate about doing something for someone selflessly. See, what are you, what are you talking about there? Here's what, I, here's what I want you to think about. Do something. I don't, I don't know what it means. Maybe it's just talk to somebody kindly. Maybe it's just come up with something that you can say to somebody to encourage them. 
for someone who can do nothing for you in return. That way you don't ever have to worry about manipulation. Somebody who can do nothing for you. I, I, I always, whatever message I'm working on that particular week, I always find ways to use it and talk to people. One of the things I've done this week, and it's been really fun, is I've just tried to think of something I could say to people that would, that would be kind of apropos to what I'm talking about. That would be just see what they would do. So I've done this with uh, clerks at 7-Eleven. I've done this with waitresses, and I've done this with gas people, gas attendants. And, I, you know, I say, thank you, thank you. You, know, they do, you do your business, thank you. They got this, thank you. Hey, and then I'll start to leave. And I, I, did this, I did this about probably half, a dozen times this week. And I get ready to leave, and I say, hey. I say, what? I say, don't let anybody give you any crap today, okay? And almost every person, with, with the exception of one, would be like, hey, man, thanks. <laughs> thanks. And it was like, wow, <laughs> you really gave me something. And it's just, number one, it showed you how people have to take a lot of trash throughout the week. Particularly in those kind of positions. Number two, I was just, just try, I'm always trying to think of ways to encourage people in those kinds of positions that are, that have what we call thankless jobs because it's important. Here, here's, here's the issue for you and me. Be deliberate about doing something for someone, maybe something even more substantial than that. Somebody you work with, a family member, you, that they can't do anything to repay you. But you're just doing it for them because it's the right thing to do. That way we can just kind of take manipulation out of the picture. It's just about being gracious. That, 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 that old saying, random acts of kindness. That's cool. Third, third little takeout food for you. Look for ways to develop your own personal strength. Look for ways to develop your own... And, and I'm talking about the right kind of strength. I mean, I'm talking about maybe reading some books on how to develop strength, if that's an issue for you. Maybe Maybe finding some people you can hang out with a little bit and talk to a little bit about, that can just kind of give you some insights on, on how to have strength in the right way without being, without being a bully, without being ugly, without, without, without being a, a nagging wife or, or, or whatever the issue happens to be for you. To be able to have strength in the right way that it doesn't have to be expressed all the time verbally. Look for the right kind of influence, influences, whether that's books or people or, or situations that you can be in. Here, here's really the, the, the bottom take on this. Ask God, and I mean this sincerely because this is, this is really the only way it can happen. Ask God to build in you the right kind of strength. Ask God to do it. Not, a, not the, necessarily the movie kind of strength. I call it the John Wayne. That was my cowboy guy that I was growing up, the John Wayne kind of strength. You take another move, pilgrim, and I'm going to blow you away. That's pretty good, by the way. Isn't that pretty good? Yeah. Um, um, of course, the older I get, the better that gets because nobody can remember John Wayne. But anyway, I'm not talking about that kind of strength. I'm talking about the godly kind of strength that we see reflected in Christ. The godly kind of strength that we saw, we've seen reflected in different characters of the Bible. Different men throughout history. People in your life today who have that kind of strength. I wish there were a formula. There's, there's not. But it comes back to this other thing that you hear me talk about a lot. A relationship. A relationship with God through Jesus. That's the only way I can really know. And as long as long as I'm sensitive and responsive to him and that inner voice in me, I know I'm going to, do, I'm going to show the right strength 
and also show the right grace and selflessness at the same time. It's a tricky balance. I, I fully believe. I fully believe the only way that balance can be achieved is a God thing working in people. We're going to go one way or the other. We're going to be wimps or we're going to be blowing people away. One or the other. But through God, the power of Christ working inside of me, I believe this is really one of those things where I can do all things through Christ. I can have the strength I need with my wife or with my husband or with my kids or with that jerk that I work with or whoever it happens to be through Christ and have the wisdom to know when to say that's it and when to say, hey, man, I love you. Let's pray together about that. Lord, this is a tough subject. There's not a person here that hasn't had to deal with this in one form or another um, in their life and won't have to deal with it today, this week, maybe today, this week certainly. And Lord, I know that it begins with each one of us in our own way, in our own, in our own personal life, our own um, prayers to you is just to say, Lord God, I, I, wanna, I want that. I want to have that selflessness. I want to have that strength. And I can't achieve the balance of it on my own. But God, I want to ask you to, I want to ask you to help me have that balance. And Lord, the only way I can do that is by having a relationship with you. For some of us, Lord, that might begin today by a prayer or something like, Lord, I, I, this is new to me. But right here, right now, I want to trust you. Just, I want to just, I want to put my faith in you. I believe you came and, and went to the cross and, and died for my sin and, 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 was, and was raised again on the third day to give me eternal life and abundant life. And I want to trust you right here and right now. And you can do that right where you're sitting. For some of us, Lord, it's going to be a continuum. It's going to be a, a thing where we say, Lord, for today, I need the wisdom of knowing when to be strong and knowing when to be gracious and how to be both at the right time. Lord, I pray for that. And I ask for that. And I give you all the praise and all the thanks in Jesus' name. Amen.